0: beautiful people of the universe. Welcome to Shine Brighter with Liz. This is episode 28. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. My name is Elizabeth Danielle Pujadas and I am your host and currently we are in season two of Shine Brighter with Liz and I'm having conversations with people who I find to be lighthouses, light sources in this world. We've had some pretty amazing conversations during season two so I can't wait to continue sharing with you guys the guests that I have lined up for you. Today's guest is my friend Rodrigo, who currently lives in Miami, Florida. He's an entrepreneur, investor, and self-development enthusiast. Rodrigo has read over 150 books and proclaims that coaching, workshops, books, and surrounding yourself with the right people will really change your life. Born in the slums of Argentina, coming from absolutely nothing, his family now operates four rental properties, and each day he is looking to grow himself into a better human being and at the same time sharing his light with others. Without further ado, here's my episode with Rodrigo.
1: We are recording. Okay, thank you, Rodrigo, so much for taking the time to be on my podcast. I'm super excited to have you on as a guest.
2: Oh, for sure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate Absolutely.
1: it. Absolutely. So, the reason I wanted to have you on as a guest, first and foremost, is because you're super into personal development and you share it very openly on social media and in such an intense way that I love. Um, And so yeah, that's why I wanted to have you on here. So uh, let's start from the beginning, just so the audience can know a little bit about you and even me know a little bit about you. Let's start from the beginning. What were you like as a child? What did you want to be when you grew up? And what has really just been your journey from the beginning of your life to where you are now?
2: Yeah, let, let me just add before before we start, I think yeah. it was uh, really funny, you know, when you asked me to to do this, I had just finished a workshop, Um, so I finished the workshop that weekend, it was from Thursday through Sunday, and uh, it was a pretty intense workshop, and I go back to work on Monday and Tuesday, and I have all these tools that the workshop has, you know, it's like breakthrough, your commitment, and tension, and all these juicy things that they teach you in, the, in this uh, self development workshop. And uh I remember that day was so it was, was such a breakthrough day for me that I made such like commitments to get things done that I thought were out of my power and and I shared with everybody on my social media that day and uh and it was intense. It was it was a breakthrough for me. And uh you asked me that day and I was like, ah oh, you know absolutely
1: absolutely yeah and that's that's another reason why I want to have you on the show is because you're constantly pushing and constantly growing and um, I think those are people that I want to have conversations with because you're not just learning these things and keeping it to yourself I think once you're learning so much it's kind of impossible to keep it to yourself because you're just so high off of information and wanting to help others and we actually had a conversation about this on Instagram how like we can see our family members and be like oh my god like like it's as if they're not awoken to these things. So, so yeah, that's why I was like, he's the perfect person to have on here. I just want to like have a conversation.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of times, you know, especially when you're so deep in the work of like continuing to grow yourself and the people you love the most are so opposed to it. It really takes, you know, tough skin to kind of get over the hump. The fact that they just, they're not into it and you get to, you know be empathetic and meet them where they're at and keep up keep on going your journey
1: yeah so absolutely and like it's funny because for the listeners I don't know you work with Raul Raul's a good friend of mine I had him on the podcast and Raul said something on the podcast saying that like um he said that his mission in life was he loves to help people um and he said then I was like oh so your mission in life is to help people he's like well I like to help people that want to be helped and when he said that it was like a red flag for me that I was like, that's so interesting that you say that because I love to help people even if they don't want to be helped. And I think that that sometimes is my downfall because it's frustrating to me because I'm like, why don't you want to be helped? And it's like, you can only help somebody if they want to be helped. So when he said that, it was just so interesting that I was like, wow.
2: Oh no. I mean, a hundred percent, a 120%. You can't, you know you you could show a horse where the water is but you can't you know force the horse to drink the water
1: yeah yeah and i and i know so. it comes from a good place because it's like for example like my grandmother you know like she hardly eats and i i think also it's it's a generational thing because i'm so attached to my phone and i'm constantly seeing like health or i'll be seeing like anybody on my story sharing about health and fitness tips and like I'm constantly being fed all of these things, whereas my grandma's not being fed all of these things. So I, I just, I have access to so much knowledge that she doesn't have, or like tools. Like I'll see somebody meditating on a picture and I'll be like, Oh, I should be meditating. I'll see like a personal development person, like talking about all their habits. And then, so I start incorporating those things. But I remember one day meditating being like, she doesn't know how to do this because she does. She's no one's ever taught her. So like I've been like okay, let me help her. Let me help her. Let me show her these things. And even my mom like recently went to my grandmother's house that I spend like half of my time at her house and half of my time like in my house. Um my mom was like surprised at how many like healthy alternatives my grandmother's starting to incorporate in her house and just like little things that she's starting to do and like even just drinking smoothies in the morning or not having white bread, having wheat bread or like little things where she's changing in her in her day to day that it's a slow, steady thing, especially because she's so much older. It's hard to break those habits for her,
2: yeah, but and everything um, everything is a is a slow and steady change like even um I remember so you you asked me one of the first questions was like like what really got me started, yeah. um, and it dates all the way back to i mean, there was a couple of pivotal points, pivotal people that like I watched and their content completely changed my life. um the first one I would have to say is Jim Rohn. And Jim Rohn was like an old, old school. He was actually Tony Robbins' mentor. Mm. And um, I used to live in, so my mom being a good immigrant woman that she was, she, she was an amazing, amazing woman. Uh, very, very committed to what she was up to in this world and um, doing very well for herself right now. But I remember when I was about 15 years old, she rented, a, we had a 1-1 in West Palm Beach and I lived in the living room and I had like a little space in the living room and like I hated it like I was living in the living room I had no privacy and and she was living in the room with my brother but and really from that she came from that scarcity mindset where there isn't there wasn't enough which it's it's been interesting because I've noticed how much I hated that period in my life but now I realize how that's my biggest blessing like Mm -hmm. I I couldn't think that that time more because thanks to that I became such a like a curious self-development like monster of like like I'm open to anything that's going to change and improve my life and it was I remember this one moment where I was in front of a computer and uh and because that was like my tv I had like the living room and there was a we had a desktop back then um and I googled no I YouTubed how to get rich mm. and uh Jim Rohn had a six-hour video and uh the video was called the power of ambition it's probably still there in, in YouTube and uh and then I started listening to it and then this guy would just start going into his philosophies so, of um, you know, he had workshops, and, and he filmed all his workshops. And in the workshops, he would pretty much talk about what it was, what made successful people successful. And um, I don't remember a lot of what he said. I, the one takeaway that I did have from his videos was that poor people have big TVs, and rich people have big libraries. Mm-hmm. And since then, I, I I just I was like 16, and he would he would, he would name like every hour he would name three books. Mm-hmm. And I started writing down the books uh, that that he named. And I started getting them one by one. And then slowly I started building my library of, of like, you know, I had an arsenal of, of like books that I started reading. And then I started slowly becoming different than my environment. Then uh, my mom was just, had a lot of anger in her. And then I started reading a lot more and just completely distancing myself from her in a one bedroom house distancing. It can be a bit difficult because there really is no distance. <laughs> um, and that's really what, what got me started in, in like figuring out that there is a better way to live life. Cause I thought we weren't getting the, the maximum that we could. And, um, and on top of that, we had a lot of uh, issues to, uh, as far as our relationship went and I and I knew that there was another way like that that's been that's been like my model all my life like there's another way to do this yeah. like I know that what I'm doing now or how I'm doing it there's so there's a there's a better way and that's that's really what started my like drive to want to wanna learn so I'd have to say that was number one reading um, reading start starting to read from his, um, YouTube videos. And then I would say the number two pivotal point for me was when I took Tai Lopez's 67 step course. And, um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, Ty Lopez, right?
1: Yeah. Actually my cousin, her, um, boyfriend is working for him now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So he had a, a course called the 67 step. Funny enough, the, so I was already a, like a big reader uh, mm-hmm. when I started like taking his course. The I didn't buy the course. One of my good friends, his name's Alex Duenas, which is um, a bodybuilder in, in Palm Beach. He, I got him to read because he used to see me reading a lot, and then I it kind of I, I, I would encourage him to read. I was like, man, you know, you need to read some good books. You know, rich people read read. And my my whole philosophy was rich people read books, and I'm gonna be rich. And so I read good for books. You. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, my. My alter ego it was like I'm gonna even if I didn't if I didn't have if I wasn't reading the books I would always have like four or five books with me just carry them around everywhere just so. That's awesome. That's <laughs> It'd awesome. make me feel like I was smarter. Yeah, yeah and, and his think, 67 yeah. step course was uh, was amazing, and he continued that like habit of uh, you know bettering yourself every day and uh, and continuing to to keep reading. That was you know if you know his commercial that's why he became so popular um that's like i'm here in my garage <laughs> i don't know if you remember do you remember
1: no maybe if you say so it
2: that. he had a youtube video he's like i'm here in my garage with my lamborghini but you know what's more important or you you know what i'm more impressed than these lamborghinis are those books over there and then he had like a whole bookshelf and it was like a landing page to his uh, online course, which cost 67 books. It was amazing.
1: And so do you read these books now or do you still like use Audible? Like, will you listen to a book and do you consider that still the same? Or you're like, no, I have to read. I have to take notes. I have to be like an active reader.
2: Um. Well, I, I do everything, uh, okay. really. It's depending on the book. Honestly, I feel like there's some books that that. I I have to read. Like yeah. I just finished reading this one. It's called Psycho-Cybernetics. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't imagine just listening to that book. Like there's some books that are too good to just listen to because it's just a different sensory perception when you're when you're actually reading it and you're present enough because I feel like the biggest thing is presence. We don't have as much presence when we're listening to books as we do when we're uh sitting down and completely devoted to the book. And um, I remember one of the books that I read uh, spoke about, uh, spoke about that. It talked about how, what happens a lot of times when we read these books is that we don't put things into context. Like Napoleon Hill, Hill think and grow rich, right? Mm -hmm. You can read one page of that book and not understand like the actual depth. Of these words, and this is actually an interesting. Now I'm going to talk about this too. I, I was just hanging out with a business coach of mine. He 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 coaches high-level executives, and I was with him the other day at the bar. And he, he started. We started kind of going into just talking about subdevelopment. And he was telling me, he's like one of the biggest things that that us humans do that um, it is very ineffective is that we speak, but we don't know what the the meanings of the words we say are. Mm. And he started telling me, he's like, you need to look up what the words mean. When you don't understand a word, look up what that word means. Look up yeah. like the history of that word, and see exactly what it is you're saying and what it is you're reading, so you can understand the, the like the context behind it. Yeah. There's so much more depth than just you know like like budget. I I, f- I found out budget comes from like the French term but budget, which was mm. like a leather purse. Mm. That's really yeah, cool.
1: So, it's so funny you say that because um, I grew up with kind of intense family members, but they were they were really intelligent. And um, I remember my stepbrother, um, when I would come home from school and I would have to read, I had a major ADD growing up. And so reading was not like something that was my strong suit um, to the point where I was like, actually not remedial, but like it was more of a, it was more of an anxiety thing than a cognitive thing. I was just really anxious. So like reading was like a very anxiety ridden activity, especially when you had to do it out loud in class and stuff. Mm, um, but, um, yeah, but, it, but it, my stepbrother, when he would babysit us, uh, after school, he would tell us like, he would read with me and he would be like, you have to have a thesaurus. Um, I mean a dictionary right next to you when you're reading. Mm. And every time yeah. you don't know the word, I want you to underline yeah. it and I want you to look it up. And it was it was every other word for me. I was in like third grade, so I would get so frustrated. But now that you say that, it's so interesting. And now, it wasn't until college. I was in college. And um, one of my professors, and again, like I still had that anxiety thing of every time I had to read out loud, like I would get anxious and I would mess up on silly things where I knew what it was, but my mind was just reading faster. So I would mess up. And during our conferences, which was like at the end of every quarter, they would sit us down and pretty much tell us like where we needed to improve. He's like, you really need to improve your reading. Like, he's like, if you want to be an actress, you need to get it together. Like you need to go, like, go back, Mm. go back. And I was like, ever since then, I was like, you know what? And it wasn't until it was funny because it wasn't until my boyfriend the one that I'm with right now, one time I was like, we were playing around and I was going to read something. And I was like, no, don't make fun of me. Like, don't make fun of me if I mess up. And like, he grabbed me. He's like, I'll never make fun of you. And it was like, almost like he kind of touched something in my soul that like needed that. And now I'm like the most confident, I know that like, maybe that didn't happen overnight, but I'm the most confident reader. Like I read, so even my, like my boyfriend and I read books together at like night or like you know, if I'm in New York and he's in Miami or now like in Chicago, like we'll read books together and like personal development books or any kind of book. And, you know, like I love when it's my turn, you know, and it's so funny how, I don't know. I just found that interesting that you said that about the whole dictionary thing. And,
2: yeah. You know, you, you touched on a very good point there. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday by Aubrey Marcus, which has some dope. Wonderful. If you're, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's great. He he's got in
1: that accident, right? So
2: dope. Yes, yes, yes. But you, you, I I feel like you have to be in, like, you have to be into your spirituality to listen to his shit and, like, really yeah. enjoy it and, and, and connect yeah. with it. Because he, he, can, he can get fucking, he can get crazy sometimes. You're like, whoa, whoa, Aubrey, my yeah. God. He does <laughs> a lot of plant medicine. Um, anyhow, he was talking about, um, he was with uh, with a coach, I don't remember his name, but they were talking about how um When somebody like isn't doing their best at something, let's say in this case reading, and then there, you add pressure to that, what it does is it actually signals like emotions of fear connected to that that particular activity so I actually one of the reasons that I didn't like reading before like I watched these videos was because. I remember my mom used to punish me and my punishment was to read books to like do my homework. Like when she would punish me, it was like, okay, go do your homework. I was like a punishment. I mean, you know, she didn't know any better, but I correlated punishment with reading and growth until I became a little older. But then I never never had that correlation of uh, like happiness and and growth, right? Which is something that you could build in someone at a young age right? It's like, it's happy. You, you should be happy when you're growing and learning. Therefore, it's not, it's not like a task. It's not a chore. It's something you look forward to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. All right. So uh, tell me about uh, what did you want to be when you grew up?
2: You know, I feel like that's, that's a very interesting question. Cause I don't know if I wanted, I've had a particular like thing that I wanted to be when I grow up. I just knew that I was always very curious and I was always very out there. Mm. So whatever I did, I knew that I was going to be surrounded with people and that I was going to be active all the time Mm. because I'm just, I like people (laughs) and uh, I like being on the go. So I don't think I ever had like something like particular that I wanted to do. I like to go out a lot. I like to party. So at one point, I, I really wanted to, I think about like the entertainment business. Uh, but yeah. it it was more for, like, to party than it was to, like, actually, you know, produce events and things things of that nature.
1: Yeah, I think it's so interesting that, like, I was actually talking to my partner about this, how he now stumbled into advertisement, and that's, like, his medium. And he's, like, it's so funny, like, you don't grow up and say, I want to be an advertisement man, like, and it's so interesting, like, as a, as a little kid, I always knew I wanted to be an actress since I was – literally two years old, I would always say, I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to be an actress. And everybody in my family knew like, she's going to be an actress. Like I was just proclaiming it. Like, like if God had told me like the second I was born, I'm going to be an actress. That was just like what I knew. But I think it's so interesting. Like now as I get a little older, I have so many, like, we're so multifaceted. Like we love so many things. And there's moments where I'm drawn to so much. Like there's moments where I'm like, Oh my God, because I also coach. So there's moments where I'm like, should I be coaching like, like personal development? Should I be like, you know, should I be like a full time like influencer? Should I like? There's so many little things that like little pockets mm-hmm. of things that I'm just so obsessed with, and then I'm just like, wait, like let's just focus on being an actress first, and like still dabble in these little things. But um, so I just think it's so interesting. Like now, as little kids, I feel like what it's gonna be like for them going up, thinking like what do I want to be when I grow up? I think it's, I think it's okay to let kids just figure it out. Like, I don't think that there needs to be this pressure of like, even when you get into college, like, you know, like my little sister, like she does, she, when she first went to college, she didn't know exactly what she wanted, but she was so involved like in everything in school. And now she's like super active and super like involved. And I think sometimes you slowly stumble into the thing that you're meant to do.
2: Yeah. No, I think that's, that's so true. It's it's definitely experimenting. One of the greatest quotes. So I think that this ties in together. One of the greatest, uh, like, pages that I've read in in my life was by the Tools of Titans for Tim Ferriss. He interviewed this guy, and and I could never forget. Um, I forget. I mean, I forget who the guy was, but I can't forget what he said. And it went something like this: It's like um, people. What people forget is that they could do multiple things in their life. They just can't do multiple things at once. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like when this guy said that, it made so much sense to me. It was like, wow, like you have to figure out what it is you're going to do for how much amount of time, like you devote an amount of time to doing that and you do that. And then you can do something else. And, but like what to find that, I feel like it takes time. Right. And that's when that's like that's like the learning curve as we're evolving to to see what it is you like, what it is that's out there because there's so much out there and you have to experiment to know what yeah it's like it's like well, for me, I feel like relationships like mm-hmm. there's so many different types of people out there that you have to experiment and be with different just different people to understand what type of Like personality and characteristic traits you like, you have to really be sure that you know you like the characteristics of this human because there's so many others out there that offer an array of joy (laughs) and every other emotion.
1: Yeah, let me say that I had this like fear of marriage for a really long time because maybe because I'm a prodigy of divorce but just the thought of being with somebody forever really frightened me because i just does I, it still frighten you elizabeth it it honestly it doesn't and i'll tell you why because tell me, tell me i'll tell you what, does it frighten you
2: uh yes i think it does i think like the yeah
1: it does okay, well, at this age
2: you. at this stage in my life it's like i i'm i'm looking at like really really wanting to do a lot um, before getting married and before getting married for sure
1: so let me tell you and I don't know if
2: fright would be the right word though because fright like there's a bad connotation to like like it's something you're scared of Mm. more like I'd have to think about the word more like what you're
1: saying because I I'm putting off having children for a long time not because I'm afraid of it but because I'm choosing that as like as a cognitive yeah, yeah. choice, like I don't want to have children till are sure. like 35. So, um, okay. And here's what I'll, I'll tell you why. Why I used to be afraid of this, but I'm not, tell I mean, me. not, like not afraid. Sorry. It was like a little, thing. I think okay. it's because like, again, a prodigy of divorce and seeing what, you know, my mom went through with my dad. And I, and, and I think it's a subconscious thing where it's like, it's, you don't realize that you're afraid of it until like, it starts becoming a possibility. And because of the fact that I grew up in such chaos and it was constant change, like we always had change happening. And so the thought of settling down somewhere and being somewhere like for a long time, it's one, it's just like, that doesn't sound, it didn't sound like me. And um, appealing. Yeah. But I will tell you this with my partner, it wasn't until we both agreed, not agreed, but like grew into the people that we are now. I feel like the people that we are now is different from who we were when we first started. Um, I know,
2: but that's going to be, that's going to be like that every day though. I mean, like, yeah. you know, every situation changes your experience. Like you go through a workshop, like a Tony Robbins workshop, and you're a completely different person. You go through like some of the, the, the workshop trainings that I've done. Um, there's some, there's some pretty intense trainings out there that really like allow you to see so you. much like, like plant medicine. Like I can't wait until I do ayahuasca. I heard, oh, yeah. That I've I've heard so many stories of people really unleashing inner geniuses and like different paradigms of reality. Um, That is insane. (laughs) Yeah yeah no I mean my experiences alone have been like so one one of the things one of the biggest shifts for me from growing up to now is mental stability Mm. and I feel like mental stability has been such a like a big, and especially this last year of my life, uh, has been such a big component of what I'm noticing that is starting to shift and clear up for me. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I'm very emotional, and and Latin people, Latin women. I grew up with my mom. My God, <laughs> Latin yeah. women are saucy, and <laughs> <laughs> so. I grew up with my mom. So that was just a, that was a soup of emotions that like, and, and I didn't have my dad and, and, you know, like the masculine energy is really the logical, the grounded force and, right. and that's, you know, masculine and feminine energies. And I never had that, like, cause my dad was never there. He, he went to Argentina when I was really young. So growing up with my mom uh, and my mom being Argentinian, my God, Argentinian women have an attitude. <laughs> I love her. I hear that. Human girls too. Cuban women too, my God. Yeah, my mom definitely
1: has their spice. I mean I'm I feel like I'm a little bit more grounded with my mom, but I definitely have my like my
2: You got I'm very
1: <laughs> emotional, we'll say that for at least like i
2: <laughs> once once I feel that I feel what what's helped me the most with, with my um mental clarity and like really emotional stability, mm-hmm. which I feel like opens up so many doors for for everything because that's really like that allows you to to think from a clear space and act from from a clear space act from like centeredness groundness besides meditation besides having done uh, about like 500 hours of meditation so far in my life uh, which has been a huge role in my everything um but i mean a lot a lot a lot of meditation let's 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 add that to the cart (laughs) (laughs) meditation meditation books books and um
1: but that's so good, Rodrigo. Because like, like I'll tell, I'll share with you. Like, I'm really into like my morning routine, and like I'm really good at, or at least I'm in the practice of always having my phone away from me. And I start the morning with like some light music, whether it's prayer, whether it's going to meditation. I usually pray, a meditation, then I read, then I journal. Like, and now the the biggest practice that I'm in, and it's really helped my confidence is. Um, For a really long time, I have this journal that um, I write all of the things that I want, but as if it's in the present. And the number one thing I would write is I want to be a series regular, but I would write, I'm a series regular on a major hit uh, TV show. Um, And then I would put put, like, I'm a woman of God. Like, you know, um, I have a million dollars in the bank. I own a house in Tribeca. Like number seven was um, I put self-care first. And for a long time, I was like getting into this, this, um, this, not this comparison game, but just like this burnout feeling of like every single day, I just want to be a series regular. So I would be obsessed with just wanting to be an actress, wanting to be an actress. And I have some friends that are already hitting really good success in their career that are already series regulars. And so I see them being on set or I see them on press tours and I see them accomplishing these great things. I'm so incredibly happy for them. And they're so much older than I am. So I know I'm following in the right footsteps and, you know, I'm, it's, it's a slow process. Like this career is a slow process and I'm doing everything I can. But then I realized that like, I needed to change my priorities from putting self-care from number seven to letting it be number one. Mm. And that is a practice I've really gotten into. And so now one of my daily habits is like, I make myself feel beautiful every single day. And I just really give to myself. So like, whether that's like, Today, I had my nails chipped, so, like, I take time to, like, take the nail polish off. I iron my hair. I wash my face. I put on lotion all over my body. I shave. I, you know, put, like, perfume on. I wear something that makes me feel beautiful. I, you know, like, will take pictures of myself, like, selfies, like I used to when I was younger. Like, anything that makes me feel confident and, like, beautiful yeah, and best yeah, self. For sure. I'm, I've just seen such a difference in, like, me as a person is just feeling, like, I don't know. It's I'm like the
2: shit. yeah, yeah, I'm the I, shit. yeah. Exactly. Let's fucking go. I'm gonna accomplish whatever I want to accomplish. The world, <laughs> what's fucking next? I got this. Oh, I guess yeah. that's how you feel, you know, when you get when you got like you, you got that confidence juice, yeah. and and it's also it's contagious. It's really yeah. contagious when you become that person. Other people like that are like what. What I notice, what I notice is that like when I'm in my top peak, like you know, been working out, I've been meditating, when I'm just like, at my best, I just, I'm magnetic, magnetic okay. to women, magnetic to men, magnetic. people just want to be around you. And yeah. like, you start talking, and then there's just like, there's this, this energy about, and then you feel it too, when people walk in the room, and like, they're about their shit. It's like, damn, like,
1: it's yeah. something
2: about this person.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. Okay, so let's talk about what has been the longest lesson that has taken you to learn?
2: So uh, empathy and forgiveness, Mm. Um, empathy and forgiveness. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely feel like that is, is just like, it just keeps, keeps being at my core. Um, Like what I get to be more and more every day as I'm, as I'm, evolving I realized that I have these really um, unique leadership characteristics and like especially doing these trainings where you really get to see yourself gratitude will you into doing them because completely life-changing um, it like shows you a whole nother dimension of how you're being in your life uh, really allows you to reflect with people that are are standing as source for you to be the best you mm-hmm. what I've realized is that um, I, I had a lot of hatred in, mm. it, in me because of like the way I grew up because of having like um, like my mom not being the mom that I thought she should be right. like, because of not showing me love because not caring for me because having my dad my dad left when I was young I had a lot of hatred and like I didn't have empathy for you know like they did the best they could because like based on where they were at in their, in their, in their mind, they did the best they could. That's all they knew. That's all they knew. You know, that's, uh, that's what their experience was. They didn't know any better. You know, it's all love at the end of the day. They loved me. They, they just expressed it in different forms and I just didn't get to understand that. And then I like carried that weight with me and it, it really dragged me down until I started noticing that like, damn, like I'm taking away from them because I wasn't being empathetic and understanding uh, based on their journey and what they had to go through to be where they're at now and like very judge, like judgmental. And it was all really self-reflective. Like I was just judging mm-hmm. myself. It's, everything's a reflection of, of, you know, my inner reality. I was just very judgmental with who I was and I wasn't good enough. And that's why I had to, like, this, this big, like, like book trip of, of, well, which became a really good habit but when it got formed it got formed not for the right reasons right it was like oh i'm not good enough i'm not good enough i need to read more i need to learn more wow. i need to um and then as you start as i started understanding more it was like wow like i really need to have more empathy and like love and, and care for myself first and foremost because i'm with me all day <laughs> yeah and and then it spreads it spreads to to those you know, around you because,
1: yeah. I feel like that's wonderful because, you know, I, I feel like we have a similar, not similar story, but I feel like we have that fire under us because we had that similar childhood or of, um, but, I, but I also do have that empathy for my mom, understanding that like where she was in her situation and understanding that like where she was is, you know, that, that she did the best that she could do. Um, but I also feel that for like, um, you know, my, my dad isn't in my life. Right. And, um, it's something that I've, I've definitely had to deal with and I still carry it till, till this day. And since I was a little girl, I always remember myself crying and wanting him in my life and being like always, always being behind him and, and searching for him and longing for him and. And, and he would show up in the ways that he would show up, which was very periodic or, you know, somehow a little bit um victimish, where he would, like, be a victim to his own situation and the cards that he was sell. And I understand that, like, you know, he ch- does try the best that he can. And, you know, now my dad and I, unfortunately, like, um, we haven't had, like, a great relationship. And it's just really been the fact that I've always been the one to kind of reach out and be like, Hey, let's do this. And since our last fallout, I, you know, was like, I kind of want you to be the one to reach out this time and make the effort because I just need to know that you, um, you know, want to have me in your life. Like, I need to know that, like, I'm important to you. And it's really hard for me to understand from a parent parental, um, position because I just don't understand how I as a parent would not be there for my kid 100,000%. And so it's really hard for me to just think about life passing him by and not knowing your kids. And that really breaks my heart that you can just live your whole life and wonder, like, what is your daughter doing? What is she up to? Like, is she eating? Like, is she well? What are her dreams? Like, how can you just not talk to your kid for a year? It just, it's like, so that pain that I've carried for my whole life has gotten to a point now that I'm just like, I forgive you, but I don't know if I can let you back in. You know, like I've, I've, I've really, I've really allowed myself to go back and have a relationship with you and, and always like have mended everything and thrown everything under the rug and started again. But it's like, now I'm at a point where it's like, do I want to continue to open this wound that I've had open since I was a little girl? And expect different results because is it going to be different or is it going to be great and like you know
2: Jill, i i love that you point that out right because because it like you're you're literally a reflection right now of me and mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that these coach these these trainings have back to gratitude have taught me is that you see eternal love is is love without expectancy mm-hmm. and that's I'm the same person I've been like my mom like hasn't talked to me like my dad's in Argentina I'm living in Miami my mom doesn't even know about me a lot of times like I'm just kind of doing my own thing I really have no other family and I'm like making it happen over here in Miami and she doesn't even know like you know if I'm good if I'm not if I'm eating if I'm not like you said and what you know what the trainings have really showed me was that um it, it really, like, love is unconditional,
1: right?
2: like, w- and when you love from that space of unconditional love, like, there is no expectancy of what the other person should be, because, like, you commit to something, like, my commitment is to have a 10 relationship with my mom, what, whatever that looks like, and then you let go of, of like, expecting things to look a certain way, and that's one of the things that that you know that's why meditation is so important right because we want to like be in control of how things look like when when like we don't necessarily have control over that and that's our biggest lesson and that lesson like keeps coming up in our life until we learn it and a lot of times we don't learn it and Aubrey Marcus talks about this he said like his experience was at like 30 years old he just started being able to forgive his father I believe, for, for what he did when he was younger. And then he, he, he goes into, um, you know, it, it was just his expectancy. of He expected his something. Like, you know, his unconditional love. Like, I'm going to love you if you do – hold on, let me, like, check 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 the boxes. If you do this, if you do that, if you do this, if you, okay, I'll love you then. But if you don't, okay, I don't know if I can love you.
1: Yeah. And I guess it stems from pain. Like, it, it stems from, like, you – being like I need you to prove to me. It's like validation. It's like you haven't been there. Like it's like you haven't been there. Like I need you to like prove to me that like I'm just gonna like step aside and see if you reach out, if you care. And like
2: why don't you love me?
1: Yeah. And it's like (laughs) right. It's like everybody's little little thing like growing up. I'm sure my kids I'm (laughs) God forbid my kids aren't feel that way. But somehow everybody grows up with some kind of twisted shit that happens to them and they have to deal with it which is is fine you know what i mean like like you said in the beginning and that's what makes the toughest people though yeah
2: that's what makes that's what builds the character in you because once you you're able what happens is like we we have this and so many other people in this world have this situation where we really have to have to understand how to harness our our emotion our emotional stability, back to that, right? And mm-hmm. emotional stability is everything, because if you can control your emotions it, throughout, like, any environment, then you're at the cause, you're not at the effect.
1: Right. Absolutely. And okay. I, and I feel that because there's, there's, there's lots of things that I've read that it's like, you know, even my grandmother always used to say, it. she would be like, a me molesta quien yo quiera, no quien quiera. You, uh, who affects me is who I want, not whoever, like, you can't just affect me. If you're affecting me, it's because I'm allowing to, you to affect me. Yeah. And I've always loved that she would say that because I am highly influenced by other people's energies because I pick up on it like that, right? Like I'm very hypersensitive. And so I feel like I can be very um, influenced by others around me, especially if they're um, bullying me or being conniving or being any of that energy. I, I feel like if it's around me, I'm very affected by it, but.
2: No, I love, I love, um, great, great, great. This is, this is really good, good stuff.
1: Awesome. So, okay, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about habits because habits is everything. Um, What are your best habits that you are proud of and that you think that if other people start incorporating some of these habits, there can benefit
2: from them? You know what? Let's let's do a switch. I love talking about good habits. Let's talk about bad habits. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like everybody always focuses on the good. And the good is amazing. And we all know the good. But I feel like there's so much good to learn in the bad of Mm -hmm. what not to do. Yeah. Like, like, there's more, like, juiciness in there for me, I feel like, right now. There's, like, coming out of me. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. So... Okay. So one of my bad habits, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm uh, going to go deep here. Um, one of my bad habits that I feel like it's, it's I've had to really grab myself and be like, no, like <laughs> get yourself out of that has been um, focusing on <clears throat> validation. So for me, so for me, it's been um, like, I like to like go out and talk to girls like, at the bar, or at the clubs, and like I like to meet new women. Mm-hmm. I there's something about the feminine that hypnotizes me, and and I've 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 gone to such extremes to like um, go out and meet different women, mm-hmm. and like like do things to put myself in alignment with like for me the right or the right girls. And I feel like that's been a really bad habit for me because uh, I've taken a lot of time uh, off of my my focus and my life and my goals and my, like, ambitions and, like, my development mm-hmm. to focus into something that's, like, external. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, like, back to that just to – oh, how was it that you said? Not validation. Just, like, just to, to feel validated. Because but- – do
1: you feel like your bad habits are coming from lustful behavior? Is that what you mean? Versus. For sure.
2: like, yeah. Versus, and yeah, I did yeah, a whole yeah.
1: podcast on that
2: where it's like. No, I I'm love very, that. Yeah. No, hundred percent. My bad habits are is coming less. from. Yeah. I
1: think, yeah. I think um that's the difference. So well put. Between, yeah. I think that I did a whole podcast on lust versus love and for a really long time, I think our society, it's, it's such a tricky fine line. And. I, before I was obsessed with personal development, I was obsessed with relationships. I thought I wanted to be a sex therapist because I was obsessed with relationship and understanding men's psychology. And I would read a lot of books of like, act like a lady, think like a boss. I mean, act like a lady, think like no, a boss. No, I'm the same way. Yeah, and like, That's I funny. love Steve Harvey. And I love like, um, uh, what's the book uh, that I recommend to every girl? Um, coño, what is the name of it? Don't, hold on. It's called, um Oh my God, I cannot believe I'm blanking out. I literally tell everybody they have to. It's like Bible, the best book for women. Oh, I understand men's men psychology. Why men love bitches. It's such a good Bitches, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the reason I say this about the whole love versus lust thing is because I feel like as a society, first of all, like love my brother to death, but you know, th- him and other people that I see in life, they they're so obsessed with Tinder and social media. And unfortunately I feel like the media itself, like movies and things like that don't help um, with the idea of what relationships look like. And I think that that's why it took me a really long time to feel like, am I ready for marriage? And now I understand that love should always win over lust because love, what I have is partnership. I get to develop with another Mm, person. I I get to wake up every day. And when I'm low, you're high and you bring me up and we get to work together in life and life is hard enough. But guess what? I have someone to hold my hand through it that gets me, that I can run away from and I can be like, Hey, I'm depressed or I'm this or I'm that, or can we do this together? Like, let's go. And it's a partnership more than anything. What I have now is a partnership. It's a it's a person that is my best friend. And that's the thing that I would encourage every single person out there is don't fixate on parents. And my partner said it so beautifully the other day that I was like, I'm so blessed to be beautiful. And he's like, for now. And it's like, he's like, beauty fades. And it's so true. It's like, if we just look at the external, it's it's not what matters. And it took me a long time to learn that, that you know just because you find somebody and you don't have butterflies for the first time or they don't turn you on like some random guy like or some random girl that doesn't mean that they're not the right person because what Yeah, but it's, right an
2: it's an important it, it's an it important it's important though it that is. they no, turn you
1: on. Is, absolutely. Attraction is very important but I think for me it was like understanding that it's not like a love at first sight. It's like, you're the person. Like, it's not like we went on our first date and God told me he's going to be my husband. Like I always felt like there had to be this movie moment and it, and what made me realize, yeah. And what made me realize, what made me realize that my partner was the one is that I chose, I choose it, you know, and you just have to choose love every day and versus lust. So yeah.
2: Yeah, I love that. The, there's this book um, called The Happiness Hypothesis,
0: mm-hmm. and it talks
2: about the difference between uh, love and lust. It actually, yeah, it breaks down both of those, and and it it shows you in a chart how lustful, not lust, I mean, relationships that start off uh, with with high sexual attractions at the beginning are actually um, as addicting as heroin. Mm. Uh, and there's research that shows that that this is it's, it's really dangerous and that's why a lot of people you see kind of be in their honeymoon phase where they're together for four or five months and they're already planning to get married and their, you know, marriages don't last more than two to four years because yeah. they got married in that, like that, that certain, that, that portion of the lust in the relationship, which is, just, you know, you oversee people's defaults that you don't like about them because you're so high on the dopamine right. of, of their, their connection. Um, right. You know, it's so funny you mentioned that because just like you, I went through a phase where I, I wanted to become a dating coach for guys. And I, I read every book you can imagine. And I mean, if you ask any of my friends whenever they want like advice about going out and meeting new women, like they, they call me. Yes. And interestingly enough, Yeah, I listened to a lot of lot of that material too, and I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a dating coach. That was my, (laughs) that was my thing for the last year until I started seeing started seeing beneath that, and I was like, wait, do I really? This is kind of like a bad habit that I'm forming because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah. That is awesome.
1: Yeah, that is super cool. So, let's talk about um, good habits. Yes, no, I mean, do you want to to talk about about that? Yeah,
2: well, of course, I'm not going to give you the bad and not give you the good. (laughs) I got to give you both. Okay, let's hear Get the whole package, you know? Good, good. (laughs) Okay, okay. So one of my, uh, the best habits that that I think uh, has served me very well is being very open to self-development and I don't just mean books I mean workshops I mean online classes I mean coaching and I mean feedback which is uh, really hard to take in a lot of times right. um I feedback's the most important part I feel like of self-development um uh, because to actually develop the self you have to see what is wrong with the self and when you see what's wrong with the self or when you see what where you know when you're shining the the, the light and the dark spots, it, it hurts a lot of times, but that's really where the, you know, it's really where the growth is.
1: Yeah.
2: So being open to every type of, of self-development that I can, like training workshops, like Landmark. Um,
1: Have you been to You know, Landmark? Tony
2: Robbins. No. No, this training that I told you about, Gratitude, it, it's, it's similar to Landmark, but it's better than Landmark. Uh, oh, I wow. believe so.
1: What is It's called Gratitude?
2: Yeah. Gratitude training. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to enroll you into it.
1: Okay, great. <laughs> oh shit, this is coming up. <laughs> I'm going to enroll your shit. I'm scared. Yeah. Like like, Yeah, come join my pyramid scheme. Okay, anyway, just kidding. okay. Um what was it? But that's 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 super awesome. Yeah. I, I love yeah. I love good habits. I think I think habits is is really important. But I'm glad you talked about bad habits because I catch myself in like bad habits sometimes too and It's not until like I look at myself in the mirror that I'm like, Liz, like you really gotta stop doing that. Like, I love little ice cream runs, like too much, like way too much.
2: Gelato, right?
1: Like like, I just love ice cream. Like I love it so freaking much. It's like my guilty pleasure. Like I'll be like, Do you want to go get ice cream? Like I just love it so much. But um, I'm limiting myself to only weekends, you know, only weekends, and trying to cut back on sugar and. Um. Yeah, but I'm glad you talked about bad habits because I think that is also important to talk about. So let's talk about what are your favorite tools, podcasts, and books. Obviously, you're the good person to ask that too. So share your books and share your podcasts.
2: Okay. So, um, best book I've read this year, and I think so far, uh, Psycho Cybernetics. So the guy, the the guy that wrote this book, Psycho Cybernetics, he was actually a plastic surgeon, and uh, first, he, he became a plastic surgeon and after two years of, um, you know, doing plastic surgery, he, he realized that, well, his objective with becoming a plastic surgeon was he wanted to help people increase their self-image. And, you know, he thought that was the perfect job to do so because you're changing, you know, people physically and you're, you're allowing them to, to look better. And he did it for two years, and and after the two-year mark, he realized that it wasn't the the structural, um, you know, the symmetrics of the human that built confidence in them, but it was their spirit and their psychology. So then in his, you know, quest to help help humanity increase their self-image, he started studying psychology. And uh, he wrote this book after he became a psychologist and pretty much started breaking down how it is that people, um, you know, have self-confidence and have a high self-image of themselves. And it boiled down to the image people have of themselves in their mind. So he says that, you know, we can't outgrow the person we think we are. And it was really deep when we just start, when we start understanding it, it's, we have a a visualization of who we think we are. And that's ran through the patterns of our thoughts. Hmm. Since we, you know, since we, since we can think, we're running patterns of who we think we are based on our environment, based on, you know, what people are telling us, based on everything around us. And we can never surpass that person. That we think we are, and then he starts going in detail on, on how it is that you can change the visualization you have of yourself by uh, visualizing uh, what it is you want, and and he goes through. There's there's several studies actually that show that there is no difference for the human experience uh, on a visualized experience and on an actual lived experience. So hmm. like on a molecular level, it's the same thing for us to visualize an experience as it is to live it and what you know the the advice he gives to do is to visualize yourself uh, achieving and accomplishing whatever it is you want to accomplish as if it's already happening and as if you're already there and once you do it consistently your your mind is it's trained to prepare for that like it's already been there it knows what it's like it's already tasted it. So it brings it to fruition in this, in this universe. And, and yeah, I mean, this book is one of the best books I've, I've ever, ever read. Wow. You, you really have to like, you this is it. the book you yeah. buy and you read. Yeah. the <laughs> hard copy. You take notes and you read it again.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. That's not, like, I mean, I love what you just said because I feel like, I could do more of the visualization. I think, I think I do do a good job of, of, of telling myself like I'm rich. I'm a series regular. I, you know, like series regulars have personal trainers and they get trained and they do this. Like, I just like try to embody what a series regular looks like on the day-to-day life. Like what do, what are the habits that they do? What's their day of the day routine? Like, you know, what do I want to be doing in 10 years? How do I feel? Like and one of the meditations I do sometimes is like bringing that feeling, like instead of think like thoughts, bring feelings. So it's like, what is series record going to do for me? It's going to give me confidence, validation, um, approval from my peers, like, you know, like um, just so much attention. Um, I mean, more than that, obviously. But th- that feeling of confidence, of accomplishment, yeah. of success, and start like thinking of what that feeling of those things feels like. and and, and know that, that the universe is abundant and that it's really available at your reach and it's ready. Whenever you are, you just have to allow it. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's really great. And i definitely want to check that out. Okay. Do you want to rapidly tell me some of your other books and other podcasts?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so podcasts that I consistently listen to, um, are Ed Let. Ed my Let gives really good entrepreneurial advice and uh, okay. like Um, grounded tactics of what you can do to increase your productivity. Mm -hmm. Um, Aubrey Marcus, Aubrey Marcus talks a lot about spirituality. He talks a lot about just being and Mm -hmm. connecting with your higher self. Uh, So definitely, definitely check him out. Books. So books for guys, I would recommend The Way of the Superior Man. Mm -hmm. I think one of the best, Books ever written on and women too to understand like just and the masculine and the feminine energy. It's it's, it's right. a phenomenal book. Um, another that? book for guys: uh, The Game by Neil Strauss. Good book. Cool. You have to read it. It's a must. Cool. Um, business books. I would have to say the one thing. By Gary Keller.
1: Hmm.
2: Yes, very, very tactical, business oriented. I mean, he's he's an amazing he's an amazing writer. Great. So yeah, that that, that would cool. be it.
1: I love that so much. All right. So talk to me. What are you currently in the practice of yourself? What are you working on right now for yourself?
2: Yes. Yeah, so. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm I started doing uh, real estate investments okay. with Raul, as you know, and um, that's been that's been taking up my my time and like passion. Really, I, I I found a a an unknown passion that I have for connecting with people. Well, I mean, I've always had, I've always known that I like you know to connect with people, uh, but now it's I'm seeing how I'm able to connect the dots. In real estate and um, you know really give good service and uh, connect connect people love
1: that
2: also yeah so and also leadership leadership's a big has been a big um a big like uh, like portion of my my development over the past couple of um A couple of months like really allowing myself to just be a leader and not be scared of because like leaders lead and I've always had it in me to lead and I feel like it's been chipped away from me based on like not good enough conversations or or this and that limiting beliefs that I had and as I've been like dusting that off, I'm I'm noticing how all this like knowledge that I've been able to consume for all these years, cause I like, I learned so much and I've done my, my experience has been so unique and how that's a gift to the world to actually share that. Right. And it's not until now that I'm like, okay, like I'm going to sh- really start sharing my journey. Right. Um, so I'm um, starting YouTube too.
1: Yeah, I was actually watching your video. Today. I was watching it before we hopped on a call just to see what you're up to. And I loved um I loved your video. I was watching it and, and it's very insightful and it was nice watching you like stand up there and be in a leadership position and kind of talk and um I was telling myself and my I was like, That's awesome. Like he's like taking a leadership role and sometimes taking leadership roles can be very um comfortable, but um but but it's but it's really neat to to see you kinda of doing that and Funny you talked about like the the unenoughness and bringing your knowledge to the front line is so interesting because I suffer from the not enoughness as well and um and but I but I'm obsessed with knowledge and bettering myself and personal development and so many times I'm a, not an introvert I just enjoy um planning and being by myself and doing the things that I like to do and when I go out sometimes like I just I don't know. Like, it's not like the thing that I'm just like, I can't wait to go out, you know, but sometimes when I do go out and it's not judgment or it's just when I associate with other humans, I realize like, wow, I do so much like, or I coach other people too. So like I give them actions, um, every call. And when I come back to them, sometimes they come back with their excuses or that they haven't done or things like that. And it's like, it's crazy. Cause I'm like, I don't have those excuses. I get things done. Like I finish. My tasks and more, you know, and I just see other humans, and sometimes I'm like, I am enough. If anything, I do so much that I never appreciate the things that I've done. So now I have to write down my wins to remind myself, like, you've dominated this week. You're just such an overachiever that you don't even realize that you're doing more than the average. So you're just constantly, you just want to be like so far off, but like that person that you want to be like is in their 40s, Liz, and you're 24. So, like, Obviously, they had a different life than you do because they've just been on this planet for twenty years. They had a head start, so like, give yourself some credit. You know, like I look at people like that, and I'm like, if that's where they're at and they're forty, and who I am, I'm gonna surpass them when I'm forty. I just have to remind myself, like, you're doing so fucking much, you just don't even realize
2: it. So yeah, yeah, I feel like that's the same one story. of the things that. A coach told me one time, this is kind of to, sh- to share on, on you sharing your knowledge and, and anybody really that listening to this too, it's like, you know, we are not to judge what is valuable to other people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's not our jo- job to judge that. It's their job to judge if that, if what we produce is useful or not for them. So like, that's been really big. And like, even doing these, these YouTube videos, like um, like, I don't know what's useful to somebody else it might be useful, it might not, but I'm not the one, I shouldn't be the one that, you know, that gives that preliminary judgment. And because of that stops myself from from sharing, you know, the gifts that that I have and others have.
1: Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. It's so funny you say that because I started YouTube a really long time ago and started my podcast and started social media and I've been very into sharing for a really long time. But I first fell into sharing because I was in depression and I felt like I needed to connect. Like I felt like I need to let these things out. And I realized it. I had so many things like holding me like in a stray jacket and fear of just being myself and coming out and singing and doing whatever I wanted to do just to be myself. And it wasn't until I started going on YouTube and doing little videos of like motivation or you know, vlogs and things like that, I started finding creativity in my voice and my way in the world. And then when people started saying like, Liz, that video that you posted, like really touched me. Oh my God, I feel the same way. It wasn't until I realized, oh my God, like I need to be a light in this world. Like I need to be more of a light. And that's why I think sharing is the biggest thing you can do is like share your tools. Like you have no idea how many people feel the same exact way. And if I can have that, I have amazing empathy. But my brother always used to tell me when I was younger, he's like, you have no empathy. I have amazing empathy now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have such empathy that I will like literally cry for people knowing that like they're in pain or, or in darkness or like want to be suicide or like anything like that. I just, I always think I need to post this because this can help somebody. And even with my podcast, it's getting to the point, this is episode 28 and I'm getting to the point where it's like, I don't want it to become a task, but it's something I do every, I want to release one every Tuesday and I, I want to be accountable to the people that are telling me like, Hey, I'm listening to your podcast. Like I'm thinking more about them and bringing them. How can I continue to serve others? So um,
2: I love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about this. Um, this is the last question, but, um, advice you would give your younger self or anyone else really listening that, um, you feel like you would like to give them some words of wisdom, but mostly yourself.
2: Um, eliminate all negative people from your environment as quick and as soon as, as possible as you can
1: in a very like get out of my face bye <laughs> like automatically just ruthlessly
2: um empathy and with empathy most mostly for myself that you know but but yeah like empathy and badassness like can't, like you know get your shit going like we don't have a lot of time in this earth can't be around people that are negative Right. If they're negative, cut the time you spent with them. If they're family, if they're really close, which is like the uh, the situation with me with my mom, that's like the most uh, very negative, and um, have to you know cut the time I spent with her, and then I've had to do that, and it hurts because you know I love her, but at the same time it's been the most relieving thing in my life, because well, once you don't have to carry those negative thoughts. And emotions in you, you start flying.
1: Right. It's like the things that are holding you down and you don't even realize. Yep. Yeah, I love that so much. Okay, the last thing I like to do with my guests is we do a little word game. When I give you the word, you just, whatever comes into your head, and we can talk about what that word means to you. So let's talk about what does the word faith mean to you?
2: Faith? Yes. Um faith means believe in the higher consciousness that is operating this universe.
1: Hmm.
2: Believe in the perfection that this universe is and was before I came into it and that it will be once I leave. Oh, that is so beautiful! Oh my
1: god, that just gave me chills everywhere. That was beautifully said. Yeah, that was really beautiful. I want to cry. <laughs> I'm just um, what does the word "peace" mean to you? Peace, presence. Peace means stillness and presence. What does the word what, uh, <laughs> what does the word wealth mean to you?
2: Love means eternal. Love means compassion. Love means endless childlike wonder.
1: Love it. What does the word. Joy means you.
2: Joy means. Excitement and fulfillment like overflowing cup like when you're ready to when the joy is internal more than like excitement it's like something that it's just in you for gratitude Mm. joy yeah in in me because of gratitude
0: yeah
1: I feel that okay so I want to ask you this question um this obviously this podcast is about sharing the positivity and bringing the light and because you're sharing your light is why I want to have these conversations. But I want to ask you because it's part of life when you're not in light, when you're in darkness, what are you, what advice or what are you, what do you do when you're in darkness? And how can other, what is something that other people can do when they're in that darkness?
2: You know, I've I've had different, I've, I've, I've had different episodes in my life. I've, I've done a lot of partying when I've been in darkness. Um, I've I've also I've also done a lot of self reflection when I'm in darkness. I've done a lot of um, self reflection in responsibility of of how was that all my fault? That that I think is very useful um, because and now as I'm you know evolving more that's that's really where I go when I'm in my my dark dark places I'm I'm really reflect into how did I become a space for this to happen to me how was I responsible for it no matter what it is I I always look at it in in that light like how how am I responsible for it Mm.
1: how did I tolerate this yeah Cause you accept the love you think you deserve uh, that's a big one and I've always like said truth by that and so I like that you said that it's like how, you, how am I responsible for this situation how, how did I get here yeah and it's not allowing yourself to be a victim to your own life but taking ownership of you are where you are because you chose that path yeah I love that so much, Rodrigo. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on my podcast. I really appreciate your openness and your wisdom and um, just your generosity of taking the time to just really serve the audience. And uh, I want to know where can the listeners find you if they feel compelled to connect with you?
2: For sure. So my Instagram is Rod Talk, R-O-D-T-A-L-K, because I like to talk. (laughs) and um, my youtube is uh, rodrigo Cayoso, which is my first late first name and last name um i'll come up with a cooler name sometime in the future but for now (laughs) instagram's a spot to, to find me at
1: super cool well thank you so much again for for being on my podcast
2: absolutely thank thank you elizabeth for for sharing your light and and your joy and your beauty to the world uh, i honor you for for being you know light love and beauty and thank you till next time
1: yes thank you so much
0: and there you guys have it that was episode 28 of shine party with liz with my friend rodrigo i hope you guys enjoyed it it was something different it was more about personal development and that's why i wanted to have him on here because i knew it would be more focused on just like habits and books and the importance of reading and the importance of growing every single day and and what that can do for you. So I really wanted to have that conversation. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I will continue to try to have more guests like that on the show for you guys. Please go ahead and share this with a friend or leave me a review on whatever platform you are listening. Tune in next week for a new episode of Shine Brighter with Liz. And remember, always keep shining.